Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Nicholas Raymer, Head of Investment Education at FNB, joins me now to explore this further. A very good evening to you, Nicholas. Thanks for your time. So often when we talk about a bond, there's an immediate link to one's home loan. Yes, it's also called a bond, but we're looking tonight at bonds as an investment instrument. So, Nicholas, let's start with what exactly is a bond? Perfect. No, so I think you know on the back of on the back of COVID nineteen, you know, we've seen we've seen some market instability and you know and some pullback in, in share prices that's that's resulted in some in some worry in some investors' minds. And I think with the with the cut in the interest rates as well, your your cash and your savings account returns, you know, that are also on offer have been quite low as a result. And I think that that's made that's made investors, you know, maybe look at bonds a little bit more um, because they're obviously providing a little bit higher interest rates than, than what's out there from a cash point of view. So, I mean, essentially a, a government bond, if you want to talk a government bond first, um, you know, simply speaking, a government bond is a debt instrument that's issued by government um, to support state spending and obligations. So essentially an investor is lending money to the government. And if you want to look at a corporate bond, then an investor would simply be lending money then to a corporate or a company. Um, instead of the government then paying interest, the corporate would then, would then pay interest. Um, so government bonds are generally seen as lower risk investments because they're nationally or, they, or they're backed by national government. And then depending on what corporate bond then you're looking at, you've got to then look at the company and the status, whether it's a blue chip company, the size of the company, etc. Um, so long and short, it's essentially a loan. Um, that, that an investor will, will, will give and then receive interest for it. Like a bank would do giving a loan to customers, you're simply giving a, a loan to the government to support their spending and then in return you're going to receive interest for that. Okay, so take us a little bit deeper on how it works. So it's a piece of paper that you essentially buy from government, you give them the money. How? What kind of returns do you get and how long? I mean, is there a duration on each bond? Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, when an investor purchases a government bond, um, he or she will lend government a certain amount of money for an agreed upon period. In return, that investor will receive a set level of interest at regular periods, and these are known as, as coupon payments. Um, and then, when that bond expires, um, that investor will then receive the original capital amount back that they've lent to government. So, government bonds can also offer different yields based on the term of the investment. And typically, the longer the funds are lent to government, the greater the yield offered to investors. So, the yields can be three years, five years, ten years, and the longer that term is that you're prepared to lend funds to government, the higher the interest the government will then pay you. Okay, so let's break it down. Let, let's let's put a practical example in place. Say you decide to buy a bond for ten thousand rand. Um, so you pay over, um, you buy the piece of paper, you pay over the ten thousand rand. The coupon that you're talking about is the interest rate. So what is that paid out annually? So it depends on the type of bond that you take out. So some bonds can be paid semi-annually and some bonds can be paid annually. Most bonds are paid semi-annually, so twice a year. So simply put, if you if you were to buy a bond for, say, 10,000 Rand, then you were going to get a 10% coupon on that um, for five years. So it's got a five-year term. Um, every year for five years, you're going to receive 1,000 Rand back in interest. And at the end of that five-year period, you'll receive your full 10,000 Rand back. 
not a bad investment and it is, as you say, a little bit safer. I want to talk about how safe is that? So if you, for instance, I mean, you know, our government, um, if you buy government bonds here, I mean, we look at the economy, it's not doing so well. Is there still a demand for government bonds? I mean, would people be thinking that, you know, there is a chance that I may not get my money back? What are the guarantees? So, I mean, uh, the 10-year government bond yield is essentially looked at as the risk-free rate within a country, um, meaning that, you know, when you, when you value any different investments, um, you need to use that risk-free rate to come up with a market value of that investment. So if governments don't honor their bond payments, essentially when the government falls down and the country falls down. So in terms of, in terms of looking at risk, um, government bonds are essentially looked at as a very low form of risk um, when lending money to government because you're essentially going to look for a, a country to implode before they're going to default on bond payments. Because remember, if a country defaults on bond mm-hmm. payments, essentially you're going to eradicate all international investments, all local investment, all those funds are then going to dry up. So the government will go above and beyond to honour their bond payments um, as it's going to impact you know, it'll it'll implode if they if they don't do that. So from a risk point of view, that's essentially the risk free rate. Um, so it's a very low risk when lending funds to government and purchasing government bonds. Okay, so again, when we look at the risk, if for instance, South Africa is now in sub investment grade, otherwise known as junk status, how then does that affect the risk? So. As the risk increases with regards to the move, let's say, to junk status, so the yield of the bond increases. So like any investment that you make, there is a risk with regards to investing and potentially losing your capital like you would when investing in shares. So the move to junk status saw the yields of bonds increase. And because then bond yields were higher, meaning that government was prepared to pay higher interest rates with funds lent to them, bonds become attractive and it balances itself out because when bonds become attractive, you see people buying bonds, international investors, local investors, so it increases the price of the bond so people are willing to spend more for that specific bond and then it brings the yield down. And that's why we see you know, the, the interest rates, the 10-year government bond yield moving down now below that 10% threshold now entering into June. So... Um when we look at those that are very risk averse and they're looking for a safer bet, you know, often people would put their money into a normal savings account. Um, they wouldn't really have it market related. So if you're putting, uh, so if you're putting your money in um, to a government bond, is that a, uh, is that um, attached to the market? Is it fluctuating? So I mean, when, when government when government bonds are bought by investors, um, they're generally bought because they provide a predictable income stream. You know, they provide regular predetermined payments, so they suit investors with a lower risk appetite. Um, and I think bonds bonds need to be utilised by investors um, as an effective instrument to beat the cost of inflation and provide stable, measurable, measurable returns over a long term period. Mm. Um, you know, investors must also keep in the back of their mind that on bond maturity, that full capital is going to be received back. So it's quite a nice method to preserve your capital over a fixed period of time. So say over a 10-year period, you know that that capital is a profit investment coming back to you. And on top of that, you're earning decent returns um, because you're providing government with those specific 
specific fund. And I think that for long-term investors now on the back of market volatility and they've seen a pull-down in share prices, it's been a really nice alternative instrument to just act as a little bit of a shield with regards to the market pullback, providing a really nice diversification instrument. And I think that's why we see the attention shift to bonds again um, for that specific reason. Afropolitans, if you've just joined us, we're talking about the bond market and we're looking at bonds as an investment opportunity. My guest this evening is Nicholas Raymer and he's head of investment education at FNB. If you'd like to ask him any questions, if you have any queries or if you'd like to share um, some experience that you may have had in the bond market, please give us a call on 086-00-00959. Our WhatsApp line is 063-688-099. So, Nicholas, just looking at the yields, right? So give me some clarity on how this works, because you can have the government bonds, but then you also have the bond market. So you can buy bonds that does fluctuate with the market. The yield moves. Yes, it does. So, I mean, essentially looking at a, at a, at a long-term bond um, for the investor. Um, so, say for example, you want to look at a RSA retail savings bond, which is the easiest bond to have access to for an individual investor. You know, you can go and acquire this from the post office or go and acquire something like this through the retail savings bonds website. And with as little as a thousand rand, you're going to then purchase this government bond. So, you purchase this government bond for the specific period. So, they generally range between two, three, and five-year fixed terms, and they'll provide you then with a fixed interest rate. So say, for example, it's a 10% fixed interest rate when you're purchasing that bond, then for that period, so it's a five-year term, for five years, you're going to receive 10% per annum then on your investment of your retail savings bond, and on maturity of that, you're going to receive your funds back. Um, in, terms of the, in terms of the secondary market, so that's where the bond traders play, and that's when trading happens at bonds. So because a retail savings bond is not traded, that specific bond on maturity, well then that investor will receive the capital back. But when you look at the, at the secondary market, um, that's where bonds can be bought and sold through a stockbroker. Um, bonds can be sold before they mature. So depending on what happens in the economy, it can impact the price of that bond and the yield that that bond offers. So bond traders looking to make profits over short-term periods are not looking at buying a bond and holding it until that bond matures and receive that capital back. They're looking at buying it and they hope that that price is going to increase on the back of economic activity. And then they look to profit that way. So where does one go to actually invest in this? So, you know, when you talk about traders, they would go to the bond index, they would go to the markets. If you're looking at the RSA retail savings bonds, if, you know, entry level, you want to get in there, you also want less risk. Um, How would you go about getting in there and deciding the duration of the bond? So, I mean, if the government bonds initially are issued by, by National Treasury, we're talking about bonds, that's, that's not talking about RSA retail savings bonds. So, government bonds are issued by National Treasury and, and usually on issue with a large amount of capital that's required to purchase bonds directly from issue and what's referred to as a primary issuance. But looking at the secondary market, there are a number of different ways to gain exposure to bonds. So, the first method that you've talked about is buying bonds directly through a stockbroker like F&B. So, SA government bonds trade on the JSE bond exchange. 
and can be bought and sold between maturity dates through the stockbroker like F&B. So that's, that's with regards to bond trading. Investors typically looking to buy bonds, not specifically holding them to maturity date and looking to make a profit down on the prices fluctuating. Um, a really nice instrument to get exposure to multiple um, bonds is to invest in something called a bond exchange traded fund. So bond ETFs track a basket of South African government bonds with varying maturities and yields. So instead of receiving income in the form of physical interest payments like you would in holding a a regular bond, um, these payments made by governments are reinvested back into the index. So essentially you're getting exposure to a number of different bonds through an index. So it's quite a nice way to diversify investment because you get multiple um, exposure to multiple different South African bonds and something like a something like an ETF, like a Satrix SA bond ETF um, or the Ashburton um, ETF will, will give that investor that exposure. Another option with that is to purchase a bond unit trust. So a unit trust is typically a collective investment structure that holds a wide range of, of different assets. Mm-hmm. So in this specific case, it'll be a wide range of South African government bonds. You can also get access into corporate bonds. So it can be a mixture between government bonds and corporate bonds selected by professional investors and professional fund managers. And then, you know, all of those uh, returns are then returned to you depending on the number of units that you hold in that specific fund. And then lastly, what we've talked about is RSA retail savings bonds and for investors looking to purchase a bond and hold it to maturity, but they don't want to invest huge amounts of money, this is by far the easiest way to get access to the South African bond market to get your coupon payments and then to hold that bond to maturity. So retail savings bonds, like I said earlier, you cannot buy and sell them on the secondary market. Mm-hmm. The retail savings bond is something that you acquire, like I said, from the post office or the website, and you would hold that to maturity um, for two years, three years, or five years. And you remember, any type of, of instrument, the longer that you're lending funds to the government, so say in a retail savings bonds, the longer the term of that bond that you're purchasing, the higher the interest the government's going to offer you. And then you'll only be able to realize your capital back at the end of that specific term. Just clarity on that on that interest payment, right? So I know you explained, but we just need a little bit more clarity on that. If you decide to go on the retail savings bond, you know it's fixed for, you decide to keep it for 10 years. Um, does that interest rate fluctuate in between or it's set standard? Um, that's what you're going to be getting over the 10 years in the coupon payments. And then you get your amount at the end, the amount that you invested. So, so a government bond is sort of as a fixed income instrument. And the reason okay. it's known as a fixed income instrument is because it's going to give you a fixed interest rate from the beginning in terms of when you purchase that specific government bond. So it's a really nice instrument for, for investors that want to know that are maybe at risk of this and want to know exactly how much interest mm. is going to be coming in on an annual basis, on a semi-annual basis, and then know that their capital then is looked after down the line, um, as opposed to as opposed to investing in something that's possibly linked to the repo rate and will then fluctuate, you know, when the variable interest rate changes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I suppose for 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 those people that are planning, and um, you know, they they for instance for their child's education, they know in about ten years' time the child's going to be ready to go to college or university. They would need this lump sum. They do the calculation. They put it there. Forget about it. They collect the coupons over the years, but they know they're getting a lump sum for their child. Um, and, and you know, it's the discipline of keeping the money there until the child is ready to go to college. 
Hundred percent. I think that's it's, it's a really nice instrument for exactly that because it, it, it takes out all temptation of using that capital elsewhere. It can't be your capital for a period. And I think that investors should look at this as not their only source of investment. It's a nice addition to a portfolio. So you still want your exposure to you know your equities and some of other investments that have an opportunity mm-hmm. to to have higher growth. Look, you're not going to double your money overnight with investing in government bonds. You know, you're investing in a fixed income instrument with, with relatively low risk. And because there's low risk, obviously the lower the risk, the lower the potential return. So I think government bonds, because of where we are right now, um, you know, from a junk status point of view, have been offering very attractive yields. And I think that's why, you know, you've seen the, the international attraction. So I think for local investors now, it's a really nice instrument to take advantage of, of some of the higher interest rates that are out there from the government, as opposed to giving the money in a savings account. Um, but at the same time, it's not to say, don't throw all your eggs into one basket, mm. but rather use this as a diversification instrument to provide fixed income streams that will then shelter you should the market pull back again, um, um, or just provide you with that nice, steady, predetermined fixed income over a period so you know exactly, you know, like an education expense, you know that it will be met in, for example, five years' time. We always bang on, um, on, on the fact that we should be saving all the time, but we need to actually monitor what kind of rates we're getting on those savings um, because, I mean, the interest rate has come, um, has come down uh, really low. We haven't seen these kind of interest rates before. Um, but if you look at your investment account or your savings account, it's minimal. It's so little. I, I looked at mine the other day and I was like 3.15%. I was like, what? I need to do something with this. Uh, uh, Nicholas, what are the rates at the moment for the government bonds, for, for example? Yeah, so the 10-year government bond yield is just is, is trading just below 10% at the moment. So when you look at when you look at that compared to the savings rate that you that you currently mentioned, mm. um, you know you're almost you're almost three times that, um, and you know that in 10 years' time you're going to receive that capital back. So it's a really nice little 10-year play to to secure some of your fixed capital and know that you're locking it in then at a, at a, at a much higher rate than you would. Um, with regards to savings accounts or, or a money market account right now. That's actually a really good rate. I mean, just below 10% is, as you say, three times what I'm getting at the moment. So you have to look at this. So look at at the rate that you are receiving interest so that you can monitor that and maybe look at a different option. So it's really, I mean, lower interest rates is really good for paying off debt, but it's not necessarily good for your savings. You're getting such minimal rates. We're going to have to leave it there, but thank you very much for explaining all of that to us. I think this is a great investment um, and obviously, you know, there are different ones to explore. Um, you know, the exchange traded funds sounds really good as well and of course the government bonds are the ones that are, um, for those that are risk averse, they want to actually know what they're getting at the end of the period that they invest in and they want a safer bet. Nicholas, thank you so much for your time this evening. Nicholas Raymer is Head of Investment Education at FNB. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.